This is Matthew Fisher with Boombastic Films, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by James Balsamo of Acid Bath Productions. We'll talk about his new film, It Wants Blood. Sweet. I was very excited to see this. Uh, there's a, first of all, great effects, and uh, this is one of my favorites. It reminds me of I forget insectoids. I think they were called uh-huh. the uh, the action figures when I was yeah. when I was a wee lad. Yeah, those are cool. There was also in Snake Mountain, I believe. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was very cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Now, uh, and when I say this, I don't want this as a knock on your previous films. No. But th- but uh, definite improvement on uh, on the look of the movie, the sound. It's just a, a higher, a, a bit more quality, I think. Yeah, well, we shot it on uh, 8K. It's a red camera. So, you know, most things are 4K. I wanted cinema quality. So I started making this movie before COVID and all that stuff happened. So I really wanted to do a a limited theatrical release with It Wants Blood. And uh, now we're looking into drive-ins and stuff like that. But that's why we shot it on 8K because we were going to the movies. Exactly. Was that any different uh, difference when you're actually filming it? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the cards fill up faster because it's a, a whole big memory thing. And then you got to change the card a little quicker. But, uh, other than that, nothing besides the cameraman holding this heavy camera. I mean, I I shot a lot of movies on a DSLR like this, you know what I mean? Which is, you shot me on that. 
I did. It, you know, it, it hurts your wrists a little bit. You know, I risked it all to uh, make these movies, but but this one, it you know, the, that red 8K camera is huge. It needs a shoulder rig, and so. But I didn't. I wasn't the director of photography on this, so I didn't mind. I oh. just got the point. Yeah. You do that. Uh, you. Do you is that new for you, or you normally do you normally have a different uh, DP? Uh, it depends on the film. Most of my films, I've been the director of photography. Um, so, you know, I got an eye for it. So it's nice to be like, no, no, I want this. And I mean, with this movie, we had monitors. I'm, I'm not one of those sitting kind of directors. I'm always like up close and personal. So um, I still, you know, was doing my fair share of moving. And there was a moment or two where I was like, okay, just give me the camera because I want to touch it. I can't help it. Just let me shoot this real quick you know what i mean so uh but but more or less i i pointed for this right Mm -hmm. that's what a director does they point yeah they do that's what i say people say hey i want to be a director how do i do it i start doing this hey you move that thing over there (laughs) that's what you learned in film school i did i did they they they're like okay all right raise your hand that point. That's it. You're a director now. Here's your diploma. That'll be $30,000. Billion. Yeah. Welcome to film school. All right. So uh, you mentioned um, uh, the drive-in. So uh, what, what is the release schedule for it once blood? How is it going to be released? Uh, so right now it's on Vimeo. You can go to Vimeo and type in it once blood and watch it right now. And you can watch a VHS version of it also. Oh, it's got cool. the, uh, the tracking lines, but it's, it's the same film, but it just gives you that VHS uh, je ne sais quoi, as the uh, French say. Um, but uh, it'll be on DVD and Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble this summer. So, And Blu-ray, my first Blu-ray. It, oh, it, nice. It's shot on 8K, so I figured, why not? Let's go blue. Yeah, that's exciting. I blew it. <laughs> I've heard that before. I don't know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Is, is there any plans for the drive-in? Because actually, it is kind of a drive-in movie. It it is totally a drive-in movie. Uh, you know, it's a classic creature feature, and and how uh, amazing it came out right at the tail end of Kong versus Godzilla because there are two titans of their own in It Wants Blood that fight. So that uh, fight is very fun. I'm a big uh, stop motion fan, Harryhausen fan, and Richard uh, Svensson is an ama- also known as the lone animator, is an amazing stop animator from Sweden, and uh, he did the whole sequence as well as some of my other films. So he's How did great. You, great. You know what? I scoured the internet for a while to find a stop animator because I love Harryhausen and you know great stop motion throughout cinema. And, uh, you know, Phil Tibbet, who did RoboCop and Star Wars. And so I, I really wanted somebody that could do something like that. And I searched for a while. And then I came across Richard. And, you know, he's incredible. And, and we really see eye to eye. I'll tell you a crazy story. Um, he did It Wants Blood. And so I started doing this other movie, uh, Alien Danger, with Raven Van Slender, which has Rob Halford in it and Tommy Chong. But uh, I, I wrote a treatment for it with all these weird aliens. I kid you not. He had some of the aliens already made that I wrote the description of in the treatment. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was like it was meant to be. And uh, a lot of the times I talk to Richard, 
we're always on the same page. I'm like, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to do a creature with something, you know, small with spikes. He's like, hold on. He's already got it done. He's like, cause he makes his own films. He's yeah. like, I, I made this thing. And I'm like, that is what I thought of. How did you already make it? That's pretty wild. I it's saw wild. pictures of you. Are you doing some sculpting yourself? I do. I, so uh, I've been sculpting since I was a kid. Uh, when I was in middle school, my mom got me business cards. It was called Custom Clay Creations. And I would sculpt things uh, for my friends for money because mm-hmm. I like money. So yeah. I, I, uh, I started sculpting at a young age and I've been sculpting ever since. I really wanted to go to the Tom Savini school. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of my own effects for years. But, you know, finding Joe, I'm like, point that's my new thing i just point i say i want this you do that and they, they go okay do you have money and i go you know what i had a business since i was 13 now i have some money here you go you could have this so i can point it's a good thing you saved all that money from sculpting in middle school i know i'm telling you a, a penny goes a long way in your savings account <laughs> so you mentioned joe i believe that was joe castro Joe Castro was incredible. He did most of the effects. He did the two creature heads. Uh, Hunter Jackson from Guar built the body for oh, nice. the nerd creature, the Zawazo. And uh, I sculpted the hands for that. And then uh, Quincy Crosby sewed the feathers on with Aaron Tatro. And uh, who else am I leaving out? Oh, I made the life cast of the decapitated head and April Garcia painted it. And I think that's everybody that did effects work on the picture yeah how long is that oh bill victor arukin who uh, also plays bruno bastine made some of the blood i know oh, he very was good. Which, uh, the blood is very good in the movie yeah how long does it take to do all that to do each of those things uh you know it depends joe is amazing he worked really fast i mean when he's inspired you know what i mean uh so alaric barca uh, and I came up with the concept of the creature for the Nadoto, the elephant with the bat wings. And uh, so then Richard did a miniature for the stop motion. And then Joe saw the miniature and the concept art and was like, oh, I have an idea for the head. And so he wanted to make like a scarier, even scarier head. And so he he really finished it probably in, in three weeks. Wow, that's pretty sweet. Was there, was there any basis like in, in legend to the monsters? Um, I do like Legend. No, uh, it wasn't a real inspiration. Uh, I, I, I got like a weird sense to look up elephant monsters. Um, so I found a real cryptic zoology monster called the Grootslang, which is based on an African legend uh, where a snake and an elephant are combined. And so there's been some artwork concept but nothing that looked like our final creature. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some, it looked more like a snake and then some, it looked more like an elephant, but ours was just the right mix. Where, where, so where did that come from? Like, where did you get, like, why did you think like, man, I think an elephant, and a snake would be cool. So I'll, I'll tell you a, a funny story. My mom really wanted a real elephant when I was doing <laughs> Uh, catch of the day. Oh, okay. I thought it was she, a pet she, or something. She, right. She wanted me to ride in on a real elephant. And I said, <laughs> you know, 
where am I going to get an elephant from? That's not going to be cheap and, you know, animal safety. And I want to keep the animals safe. And mm-hmm. it's such like a hard thing. So having an elephant was kind of always in my head. You know what I mean? Besides getting drunk and having a Dumbo moment, which there is a beautiful homage to that in this movie. Mm-hmm. E- yeah. There's the also song is a sound alike. Mm-hmm. There's also nice animation. Uh, is that the same animator who did some uh, animation before uh, for other films? For almost all of my films, Rob Yulfo, who uh, I believe works on The Late Show now. He just oh, wow. got hired to do The Late Show. So, yeah, Rob Yulfo is incredible. He's been doing animation for some of my films for a while, years. How did you meet him? Um, a friend of mine through Trauma. So... He did animation on uh, Zach Amico's, one of Zach Amico's films. And so I'm one of those crazy people that read credits. I know most people I walk like out it. of movie yeah. theaters. I know, that's a rarity. It blows my mind. Back when the world was open, people, oh, credits are up, I'm out of here. I'm like, that's, that's who did this for you. Exactly. Look at those names. So I read Rob's name and I found his work and I said, hey, I'm doing a movie. You want to animate something for it? And he was like, yeah, okay, that sounds weird. And then we've been working together ever since. He's great. Nice. Uh, On a little tangent about the credits, like almost all the streaming sites now, even regular TV, uh, either they'll just cut away or they'll scroll through them so incredibly fast, like there's no way you could even watch them. It's unbelievable. I mean, that it's like going to a theater performance and then people start to bow and they just leave, which yeah. some people do. I've seen that happen yeah. on Broadway. They're like, oh, thank you. Oh, we got to go, honey. We've got to beat the crowd. We're yeah. not give credit to these fine actors and entertainers. Like, you would think it would be get some kind of rule anyway, like on TV to, uh, cause I've seen it where they just do it so fast. Like it's like in two seconds and there would be no way you could possibly watch it. Even society is just like, oh, I don't care. You made this, that's good for you. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. But that's how I found Rob. I read the credits and I was like, oh, I like that animation. Who did it? Oh, that guy. I want to put that guy in my movie. Thanks, Rob. And that was it. We've we've been working together ever since. Yeah. So you started this uh, before COVID. So how did COVID affect uh, uh, everything, I guess, the production, the you know what? It it was really strange for me because the way I've been making my living for the last seven years is touring the country, as you know, as a celebrity guest. So uh, when COVID came, I, I really didn't want to travel. So I took on a lot of, of producing jobs. And so I've been producing a lot of films. So doing that uh, kind of helped finish It Wants Blood. You know what I mean? Um, on Kind of a... Uh, doing the production side for other movies, do you think that's something you're going to continue doing once uh, once things start to open up and you can go back to the conventions? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really like it. I like to work. I like to stay busy. I'm a workaholic. You know what I mean? I love cinema. I love making movies and watching movies. You know, movies are always been my life. Mm-hmm. So um, I love to produce. You know, I love to act in other people's projects. When somebody says, hey, you want to do this thing? If I'm available, I'll say yes. You know what I mean? If I'm too busy, you know, doing other things, I I say, oh, thanks for thinking of me, but I can't right now. You know, keep me in mind for the next one. Because if I can do it, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always have fun when I see you pop up and things. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I, you know, I started out acting. That's why I made this film company, so I could star in these movies, because I had always just wanted to be in horror movies, but I didn't know anybody that made them. Mm -hmm. So now that I make them, it's nice. People are like, hey, you made this movie. Do you want to be in my movie? I'm like, oh, I'm honored. Thanks. That's why I reach out to people, you know, that I like their work. Yeah. Same reason. You know, it's a cycle. Mm hmm it's time it's citrical exactly. <laughs> uh, you pop up in a lot of uh, uh local filmmakers to me and they also pop up in your film what's your connection to like filmmakers in boston um i used to do a convention called rock and shock and i right. made a lot of friends in boston over the years and so that's how i ended up in some of you know those films like groundhog yeah so i'm a big fan of groundhog yeah it's a fun one Mm -hmm. it was good to see hawk in your movie he's like blowing up he's like he's he flying did. to romania to do movies I, he's great he's great he he told me he's gonna come out to la he said let's get lunch i said let's do it he's a fun guy yeah yeah i'm a big fan it's like the mushroom the mushroom he i said he's a fun guy oh i see that one went over my head i feel that's I feel all right they, usually mushrooms are below you know because they grow out of the ground I, i'm very short though that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're like umbrellas for me. I'm like, oh, here's some shade. This, this mushroom. Yeah, Neil the Gnome. That'll be our next movie. Uh, I'm all about it. I'm all yeah. about it. Yeah. But uh, about the conventions, um, you know, like a lot of us think, oh, it's too bad we can't go, we can't have fun. But uh, it is um, the source of income for a lot of people I know. Uh, you know, a yeah. lot of veteran actors and that, you know, they might have started movies back in the day and now that's how they make the living. And a lot of vendors that, you know, I become friends with and yeah. they make most of their money doing that. So it's, you know, it's a huge loss for a lot of people besides just, you know, going out and having a good time. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. It, this, you know, totally affected everything. And I do. I miss my convention family because from touring the country for seven years, I had like a wolf pack, you know what I mean? The same people that I would see on a, on a monthly basis. And now I don't see those people. It, it saddens me, you know, mm -hmm. they're friends, they're family. You know what I mean? I've, I've partied with them. I've traveled so many cool places and made wrecks of bars across the country. You know what I mean? So it, it is, it is sad. So I've, I've been lucky to be able to continue to work and, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's not a hustle because it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, every right. once in a while you get an annoying guy who just goes over and stands in front of your table. And uh, while he's, that, know, that is the worst when you're trying to hustle and then you, you got to looky Lou, you got to kick him in the butt sometimes <laughs> and say, get out of here, Neil, or whatever the guy's yeah, name. Right. Is. Right. You know, you're, yeah. <laughs> there's a mushroom over there. You can go hide under. That's right. <laughs> So uh, Eric Roberts is in the movie, and he's uh, a big part of the movie. Again, that's not a knock on, on uh, your other films. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you have a bunch of cool people in, and it's basically cameos, but Eric Roberts is a big part of the movie. He stars in it. Eric Roberts, we, we did four days with him. So, so this movie for me was kind of uh, the cork for all the people that said things like, oh, yeah, you have this celebrity in your movie, but they're only in it for two minutes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're only in it for a minute. Like, they don't really count as being in your movie. And that that's something that always frustrated me because I like those quick cameos. It's not about, you know, a lot of Rodney Dangerfield 
films did that. You know, it's not about having one star. It's about an collection of all these people that you brought in. But I listen to the viewer, just like a lot of other major film companies and say, okay, you want a star to be in the whole movie? Done. Eric Roberts. Yeah. Um, you know, also, Amy Lita. Yeah, I was going to mention Ma her. Is yeah. in just about the whole film. Yeah. She has a great scene with you. She does. Thanks. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a, I was always a fan of Lita. I've had her on my wrestling podcast. She's very cool. And uh, how cool. did that come about, her uh, getting Lita involved, Amy Dumas? Um, I know her manager from doing conventions. And uh, I said to Gilbert, I want Lita. And he said, all right, let's make it happen. And we did. I think she's a horror movie fan. She is. And she told me her boyfriend's a big cinephile. You know, he was excited that Steve Railsback was in the movie. And that was part of the reason why she, you know, took on the role. So it was great. I've been a, a Lita fan since I was, uh, you know, a wrestling fan, which is forever. So she's mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. So how, how did you, how about Eric Roberts? How did he get involved? Similar. I know Eric from doing conventions and uh, his manager, Tim Beal, and I, we've done a few projects together. And, you know. Uh, I've known Tim for a long time, too. He's a lot of guests been set up, you know, since the beginning of the show. Yeah. Tim's another guy. He's been around a long time. And so Tim and I, we've worked together before. And, and you know, he made it happen. So I, Eric looks like he's having a lot of fun in the movie. He is a blast. He always has fun wherever he goes. I've, I, done a few pictures with Eric and he's always, he's always a laugh. I love the opening scene with him. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, that and some of the monster fights, but uh, oh. was that filmed in Africa before uh, COVID? Yeah. We flew out to the backyard Africa, which is uh, Sherman Oaks, Los Angeles. Yeah. I think it's where they filmed the, uh, the old Kamala uh vignette totally that is exactly where we went <laughs> you know people talk about the monsters but I, I really like a lot of the uh the get up on the uh on the african uh gentleman oh thanks uh april wow. garcia uh did the makeup for that and if you look really close i had an alligator belt that is the headband piece to uh one of the witch doctors and then the buckle from that belt is on the pith hat to uh, Thomas Churchill's explorer hat. That center, that's <laughs> that's my alligator belt. <laughs> that's very cool. I like it. Now, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I just like that whole scene. Oh, like, sure. We need blood of someone you love, and it's just like, ah, take, take, you know, he's my favorite son, take him, and just kind of pushes him in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun scene, and and, and a really interesting moment about that scene is that turned the entire dynamic of the film. So when I made, when I set out to make it once blood, it was supposed to be a David Cronenberg esque kind of serious horror movie. So I don't know if you noticed the tone uh, where he's wearing the robe and they have some of the chanting members, but that was the first day that we filmed with Eric oh, Roberts okay. and all that is played kind of straight and and serious you know what i mean and it helps accent the film later and where it is but when we filmed that scene with the witch doctors 
and uh, the severed head, you know, I told Eric to play it straight and he told me no. (laughs) (laughs) He said, these guys look, you know, they look silly. They look ridiculous. If I play it straight, uh, it's not going to be taken seriously. People are going to think it's a cheese ball kind of thing. So I'm going to play it up and kiss the head. And, you know, I, I come from trauma. So I, I, not that I try to escape from trauma because it's right. in my blood. You know what I mean? But right. I, I definitely wanted to do something with a little more tact. You know what I mean? Like a little classier horror picture, which is always like a weird thing. You know what I mean? But Eric Roberts in that moment, it was like, okay, that's it. I went into my regular James Balsamo character telling puns throughout the film. And that was all because of that one day. That was the second day of filming. And when Eric was like, Nah, I'm not doing it straight. I'm going to goof it up. I was like, okay, we're making a silly monster movie. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? The, the guy's been acting longer than I've been alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, so for me, when I, I work with experienced actors, I tend to listen to them. One, I mean, if you've ever heard that William Shatner uh, discretion where somebody was trying to tell him how to act and he didn't like it, things can go south. You know what I mean? I try to play it like a cool cucumber. So I'm like, all right, let's try it your way. (laughs) And it was great. I mean, the kissing the head moment, it's funny, right? It all reads. You said it's one of your favorite scenes. So there you go. It was meant to be a silly movie. I'm a silly guy. What are you going to do? Now that you mention it, yeah, because the end scene when he's given kind of like the model, the the speech there before uh, everyone starts chanting, it does have a different vibe, but it works uh, with the movie. It does. Like watching the raw footage of that, like it is, it's very, you're like, oh, this is serious. You know what I mean? Like, and then the chanters come out and it's got a very creepy moment, but uh, now it's a fun monster movie. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you started filming for COVID. Um, so how, how actually how long did, did it take to, to finish the movie? So the shooting schedule is uh, probably eight days in total of filming. But those days are spread out because at the time I was also producing Hanukkah, Sid Haig's last movie directed by. Oh, well, that's Edward why Hart. I was wearing my Sid Haig shirt. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You can't quite so, see So, so. That first day I had filmed with Eric Roberts, I had filmed Dick Miller as the director of photography on that film, like three days later. So, and then Hanukkah has been out for a year already. So, um, you know, it, it, it that was, was the last time I saw you was at the Hanukkah uh, premiere. I know I was surprised. Oh, to no, see I guess I saw family. you then again after that in February, but nonetheless. yeah. And you're seeing me right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, uh, they were spaced out. I, like I said, I take on a lot of things and then I, I, I jumble them. I'm like, spin the wheel. All right. What am I filming this week? That was, um, the Hanukkah. Um, was that Dick Miller's last movie too? It was unfortunately. Yeah. That's too bad. He was great. He was great to work with and, you know, he was somebody that I had always wanted to work with. So I was honored that, uh, you know, Evan asked me to shoot his stuff. And, you know, I helped with the wardrobe and, you know, it was nice. It was it was great. Now, Evan's also in the movie. And it Evan is also in the movie. 
and Eben brought Felissa Rose to set. So that's how Felissa's in the movie. Yeah, I mentioned this to Eben. He he wasn't aware he's in the movie. Hey, I he's sure he's just messing with me, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I was happy to see Eben. I think Eben's a good actor. He probably doesn't, but I think he's a good actor. He's a great he's a great actor. You know, he's he's been acting for years. He's in the movie Rockstar. Um, and he's in a ton of other stuff. I believe he's in Escape from L.A. Also. He is? I didn't he's, know that, actually. Uh, yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. And uh, he's a great actor and a great friend. And uh, I was lucky enough to see him a few weeks ago. We went out to lunch. It was nice. So oh, good. it's nice to see humans again now that things are starting to open back up. Yeah, I I went back to you know the convention. I hadn't been to conventions for a couple of years, and then I, I saw him at the last one, and you, and then uh, and then everything closed, so I, I couldn't get. I was planning on continually uh, going to the conventions again, but yeah, well, I, I'm sure things will start to open up again. Yeah, yeah. soon enough. Yeah, and I have my uh, my second shot coming up, so I'll be all vaccinated. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you said like you have your start like with trauma did you ever actually work with, with trauma yeah i was an intern for almost a year i used to take out lloyd kaufman and michael Herz's trash oh very very good yeah <laughs> well what kind of what kind of learning experience is that though you know what it it was everything i i got all of it um it it was amazing you know what i mean it I was working at a comic book store and we were selling the toxic Avenger part two and somebody brought it up to the counter and they go, Hey, hey did you know trauma is like in New York and they hire people as interns. And I called them the next day and then I quit my comic book job and I was traveling from Long Island to Queens to, uh, you know, hang out at trauma all day. <laughs> and uh, you know, you talked earlier about uh, hustling, you know, and getting, getting your name out there, being out there with the people and stuff. Is that something you also pick up from someone like, you know, Lloyd, because, you know, they, that, that might be some people don't necessarily look, look at when they're like, I'm going to make movies. Yeah. I mean, uh, I totally modeled a lot of stuff after Lloyd and a lot of my love for, you know, cinema that's like that exploitation cinema. And, and I was lucky enough to like literally be gifted you know what i mean cameos from lloyd in my first film at 19 so while i was interning there i said oh i i i watch so many movies right when you're a free paid unpaid intern they pay you in these dvd shakers right if the dvd is loose in the case they call it a shaker so they go hey you could go through this box and i had worked there so long i had seen almost every film that trauma had put out and after watching i don't know maybe 40 or 50 of them i said i could do this there is nothing that these people are doing that i can't do and so I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I was 19. I said, I'm going to make a movie. And so I said to Lloyd, hey, would you do a cameo in my movie? And he said, he had his, some other person that was working there, tell me if I dressed up as the Toxic Avenger at his Barnes & Noble book signing, that he'd do a cameo for me, for that trade. And that was it. And so I got Lloyd. And then I got Debbie Rashan, who was also working there. I was in a little bit better shape 
then at the time. And Debbie, you know, had done some amazing movies like uh, late night cinema things that I had seen on Cinemax. And I was like, wow, Debbie Rashawn is here. I'm making a movie, Debbie, would you like to be in it? And she was like, yeah, okay. So I got Debbie Rashawn and Lloyd Kaufman to do a cameo in my first movie at 19. And then that was it. I, I took off running. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, now you make your own movie and they're they're in it. uh, But did you like actually work with them as far as like, did you have your movie released by trauma or anything on that? I, uh, in COVID, I did a short film for Rob Mulligan called Mulligan's Monsters, and that's on Troma Now. And that is the only official short film that's ever been released from Troma. Yeah, interesting. So, so yes, technically, I have worked with Troma, and I've done some promos for them as the Toxic Avenger in like six DVD intros. Yeah, I see. I did not know that you were once the, the Toxic Avenger or several times. At once, six times. If you ever see the furry forearm Toxie, <laughs> you know it's me. Yeah, that's my favorite one. That's my favorite Toxic yeah, Avenger. I mean, there there's some good ones in that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, It Wants Blood. Do you think we will do any uh, drive-ins? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh I've already been greenlit for the sequel. So it wants blood Two is in oh, the works and we've been coming up. Alaric uh, Barca and I have been coming up with some new weird cryptic zoology kind of monsters. You know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, Bill Victor Rukin is the uh, producer on that. And we've been talking about doing a Kaiju farm. And so there'll be a whole bunch of different monsters. The monsters in this, because you have the claymation, so they're they're smaller. But then you also have the full size ones when they're interacting with people. Just like the size of those, where, where do you keep them? Is that is that ever a problem? Uh, well, if you look right here on my wall, you'll see All right. the dodo. That's pretty. Right. That is pretty awesome. Not there. pretty. Awesome. That is a straight up awesome. <laughs> straight up awesome. Right, right. Oh, yeah, my, yeah, my whole office is covered with creatures and. There's a whole bunch on the keyboard there. Yeah. Now, did you see that before it was finished? I'm just wondering, like, when you first see that, you know, completely finished, what goes through your mind? I, I was blown away. I mean, Joe Castro was so wonderful, and he showed me every step of the way to make sure that I was happy. You know what I mean? He said, mm-hmm. here's the sculpt. Do you like the sculpt? Is it the right size? You know, so... And then I was getting video updates every few days. It was like, here it is in foam and here, how it is, how it's going to move. And it was wonderful. Really. And something about Joe, he, which comes through in his work. He always seems like he's just loves what he does. He loves he monsters. And he's passionate and he's a great filmmaker on his own accord. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, Joe's done so many movies and, He's he's currently sculpting some alien creatures for me for Alien Danger too. So, you know, I love yeah. work with Joe. I've seen the you know for the first one just you know pictures on your Facebook and it looks like a lot of fun. It's very uh, just cool you know suits and very colorful and everyone looks like they're having a good time. Thanks. Yeah, everybody is having a great time. And then uh, you know the Toy Dolls just put out a music video of the theme song Alien oh, Danger nice. with Raven Van Slender. So. Type in Toy Dolls Alien Danger. You'll see a fun music video. Yeah, I'll post it up on the website. Cool. 
I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, uh, Joe Castro, had you, have you ever been in any of his stuff? Any of his movies? No, not yet. Not yet. I hope to someday. I do like to act, you know. And then hopefully Joe will act in one of mine coming up. So he, he did some of the puppet work and the creature stuff. And he did second unit directing because obviously I had to interact with some of the creatures. Right. So, you know, it was, he- it was a great honor. Because something he's brought up to me um, is sometimes people don't know how to like he'll make something, and he says sometimes people don't know how to actually shoot it, you know, yeah. so it looks great. Was he helpful in that, like trying to he tell was, you how to sh- you know shoot the monsters? He he was, you know. Um, Tom Savini says that a lot, you know what I mean. And I heard heard that, and you know, I, I've been shooting effects and creature stuff for a long time, so. Joe and I are pretty much on the same page, which was beautiful. Like when we were filming some of the creature stuff, it was so simpatico. You know what I mean? Like we were, we were riding horses on the dusty plains to like make this movie as awesome as it could be together. You know what I mean? Which I, I thought was amazing. It was, it was one of the best filming experience I honestly ever had. You know what I mean? I was like doing creature effects and surrounded by people that, we're on the same page. It, it was really a wonderful moment. Um, so I, I really do enjoy working with Joe. He's a great guy. Did you hurt yourself in the voodoo doll scene? I didn't. I actually hurt myself more when I tripped over one of the corpses. Uh, and then I see the, the baby. Uh-huh. So uh, that I, that I actually almost broke my finger. <laughs> I like if someone just he- hears that part. They don't know the movie. Like, I yeah, yeah. No, over no the spoilers. Saw the baby. Yeah, exactly. That old, that old thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was, uh, you know I mean? I try to play it as safe, but you know, what are you going to do? You do like, well, little if you're going to hurt anybody. You might as well hurt yourself. Cause then, exactly. you know, you know, you can't, no one's going to get mad at you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're expendable. No, no. Right. <laughs> uh, I like the wrestling scene. I, I actually, uh, uh, I think one of my favorite lines of the movie, you, you just yell at the wrestling scene, uh, drop kicker in the butthole, which I think is a, is a <laughs> very memorable line. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> one of my wacky ad libs. All right. All right. That wasn't scripted out. That was not in the script. <laughs> I might have asked this before, but what does like a script for a, a, nor, a typical uh, movie of yours look like? Because I think there's a lot of ad-libbing and, you know, kind of stuff. There, There is. It's it's weird because a lot of the script is usually in my mind. You know what I mean? Because, you know, this is the first film that I didn't edit. Caleb Emerson, who okay. uh, edited Tosh.0 for a decade, cut this movie. And uh, Caleb's been in a bunch of my films and he's in this one. He's... Uh, the cryptic zoologist guy who I asked him for the cigarette. That's Caleb. Um, what was the question? I got lost on a tangent talking about how great Caleb is. Um, I don't remember now, but um, fair enough. I'm sure it wasn't anything important, but <laughs> Oh, about, about your script. Um, what a script. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, I used to write full scripts and from doing these kinds of, 
independent horror movies, when you work with some actors, they don't read the whole script. They just want to know their part or what they're doing. So I've kind of broken it down into sides and daily shoots for actors that really need set dialogue. And then I feed everybody their lines. So I know I do things a lot different than other people, but I say, listen, I've produced over 30 feature films just Trust me, okay? I have a method to my madness. Because some people that have worked with me for the first time, they're like, what do you mean there's no full script? I want to know where the story is. And I'm like, don't worry about it, okay? I, I know the story. I'm cutting this thing. Don't worry about it. Just show up and I'll tell you what to say. So that's usually the way I do things now because it was frustrating, like writing a whole script and people lose all the little subtle nuances or hiring actors that are day players. And they're like, just tell me what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So what was uh, someone else cutting your film? What's that experience like since, uh, since the first one, you know what? It, it was really wonderful to be honest. Um, Cause editing is so consuming um, and Caleb is such an amazing editor. You know what I mean? He's done his own films. He understands uh, the 180 rule and, you know, how to put something in. So I sat in with him two or three times and I just said, move this over here. And he really did the whole thing. I just kind of pointed him in the right direction with just a few spots. And I can't tell you what it, it, it almost feels like I feel guilty. You know what I mean? I, I didn't cut this movie, but it came out just the way I wanted it to. It's, it makes me think, Oh, maybe I should have Caleb edit some more movies. <laughs> right. I know just from little things I've done or even just the shows editing to me is, is my least favorite part. It doesn't, there's not really any fun. For it, it. It's work. It's, it's a grueling process, but it is such an important part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because a certain cut or a choice makes such a difference to the viewer. You know what I mean? If they look down, really, or you know, put up, together the movie can make it a completely different thing. It, it's true. You could cut it six different ways and it'll be six different films. You know what I mean? So I, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to work with Caleb and he knows what I like because he's also, he also comes from a trauma background. You know what I mean? So he understands horror. He understands exploitation. And he cut the whole wrestling scene. I didn't even touch it. That was all him. That wrestling scene is beautiful. And Caleb, thank you for that because it's, it's wonderful. Was he responsible for the sound effect? Another one of my favorite parts. Uh, when she stomps uh, in her hoo-ha, it's kind of like, it's really I told him that note, <laughs> but he picked the sound. In all, in oh, all fairness, yeah. <laughs> I said, "Can you put a doorbell or some kind of something?" And he found just the perfect noise. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, a lot of nudity in the movie. A lot of nudity. So nudity is not anything that I'm new to. You know, I've had nudity in a lot of my films, but this one, I think, we went all out with a lot of full nude. So, uh, you know, we're living in a time where your next door neighbor is on OnlyFans, right? And they're like, mm -hmm. hey, look at me topless. So I, I kind of wanted to up the notch a little bit for cinema. You know what I mean? Back to 70s exploitation where that was kind of, you know what I mean? The gamut, yeah. you know what I mean? You were running that, oh, full bush. All right, let's play. Mm -hmm. yeah, if you use promo code Nasty Neil, you can save 10% off my OnlyFans. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm a member. Yeah. <laughs> a different kind of mushroom going on. I'm there. the only fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you paid for a little while. But. <laughs> uh, so you got the the one thing on the wall, and you had the the. Uh, can I see the puppet again? Because uh, I think that's. I know it's like kind of like a. I don't say simple effect, but it's it's great. There's also something to me. Anytime you have practical things, um, there's just you know it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's a you know it's a hand puppet, but it it really gets the job done. You know, there you go. I love it. Yeah. Will he be in the sequel, or will it be all? It'll be all new monsters. Well, the 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 no Dota will definitely be back for the sequel. So yeah. Do you have? A, I know you're wearing the uh, the catch of the day shirt. Uh, do you have shirts for it? It wants blood. I yeah, killer, killer waves. Yeah, I uh, I do. You could get them at acidbathproductions.com along with some of my other fun stuff. I got hot sauce and joke books, and movies. Yeah, put them all together, put some hot sauce on your movie. And... Yeah, or your book. Oh, it burns when I read. <laughs> well, yeah, you can have your own acid bath. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I, I put that together. I guess that acid bath, uh, hot sauce, it all works. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Look at but you I, have, I have a Killaway shirt, too. I, I, I could not find it for tonight. But oh, that's all right. <laughs> I have many shirts. But I actually, uh, I have cool pictures with it. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I like I always like I always like all your merchandise. I think that's another thing that people overlook sometimes. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know what? I I just kind of go after what I like. You know what I mean? I'm a t-shirt guy. That's like what I buy. I buy t-shirts, so I try to make fun, cool t-shirts. Yeah. You have any uh? You have any acid bath tattoos? Me? No, I don't have any tattoos. I'm too furry. Right. Yeah, I don't need. <laughs> we're a rare breed you know it is weird because i think it's almost like you stand out more now you're like more odd you do. if you don't have tattoos or i don't have any piercings either so true oh i used to have my ears pierced you can still see the little oh, all right. you're just you're so. just too cool <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do yeah that's very true uh, Eileen Dietz is in the movie. Another person I'm uh, uh, friendly with. She's always fun to see in movies. She's lovely. Yes, uh, Eileen Dietz is wonderful. You might know her as Pazuzu from The Exorcist. Also did a lot of the stunt work on that movie. Um, and she's in a movie with uh, Steve Relsbeck. You might have heard of it, Helter Skelter, mm. where Steve plays the late Charles Manson. So. It's a great movie. It was cool to have them have them both in the picture, you know. Yeah. So did you shave? So this the the scene where you're shaved. Now, um, did you do that out? Like, did that mess up your movie at all? Like, I shaved. Now uh, it's gonna. I don't think it. Or... I think it. I don't think it messed it up. I. Uh, I think it helped. It's weeks later, so it's fine. But yeah. Right, exactly. I I play my twin brother, Martin Blunt. Um, so I'm trying not to throw my girlfriend under the bus. My girlfriend hates my goatee. Oh, and I'm like this is my staple 
look. I like this look. I've had it. So uh, in the midst of us dating, she was like, I hate that thing. And I'm like, all right, I'll shave it. And then I was like, oh, no, I have to film with Steve, Steve Rails back. This is going to that this is going to affect the movie. I'll deal with that later. So <laughs> that is how I became my twin brother. All right. Will work because there's also a great scene that is uh, perfect for the the name without your head. I won't give too much away, but that probably gives yeah. away some. So crazy story about Steve Railsback. He was supposed to film, and uh, I get a phone call that he broke his hip, and I was like, "Oh come on! If you didn't want to do the movie, you should have just said, hey." don't be in the movie but i rented this camera and you know what i mean like right, right. You, you know what i mean just let me know it's not a problem just let me know but unfortunately steve relback really broke his hip so like he was getting out of a car and he fell and that is part of the reason that set the movie back because i was like steve Railsback said he was going to be in this movie i can't not put yeah. steve Railsback in the movie so i had to wait I think it was six or seven months until he was able to wow. walk. You know what I mean? So I was honored that he still wanted to do it. And, yeah. But but that was part of the reason why the movie got set back too. But it's done now. It's yeah. funny how time works, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, all that time has passed, but it doesn't matter because you could watch it right now. Right now in Vimeo. It's like magic. It is. What are you waiting for? Go watch it. Thank you. Uh, one last thing I want to ask was um, it's dedicated to Carmine Capobianco. Um, what's the relationship there? So Carmine Capobianco uh, is a brilliant actor. He was in Psychos in Love and Galactic Gigolo. And uh, Carmine was in my second feature film, as well as several others, uh, where he played the lead detective in I Spill Your Guts. And uh, Carmine and I became really good friends and uh, honestly, he was, he's family, you know, and unfortunately he passed away from cancer in January and uh, I, I was heartbroken. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, I really love Carmen and it, it breaks my heart. So that is the first dedication I've ever done in a film. And, you know, Carmen, like I said, was such a big movie fan. I, I thought he would appreciate it. And that's honestly why I did it. That's very nice. It's a shame that he passed away. Um, it's heartbreaking. He's young, young, too young to go. Um, and I still can't believe it. It's one of those things like you got to savor every moment. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, I talk about this all the time, but, you know, five years ago, I get really sick, and it gave me a different outlook on everything because you don't know, don't know. Uh, you know how long you'll be here or how long anyone else around you will be here. So. It's true. And um, I also want to know, since this turned out, since Eric Roberts said, no, I'm not going to play this straight, and it, and it changed the vibe of the movie, do you have in the future a serious horror movie in, in James Balsamo? I, you know what? I'm sure I do. I'm currently in production for like three or four other silly ones, mm -hmm. uh, 14 Ghosts, which has James Lorenz and uh, Bob Elmore played Leatherface. Oh, I'm a big fan of Bob Elmore. Yeah. You know, so... Um, uh, that one's a silly one, and then Hollywood Werewolf with Andy Dick, obviously silly. <laughs> so 
Uh, and then Killer Waves too, also kind of silly. You know what I mean? The Killer Tells Puns, like Spear Today, Gone Tomorrow. And that's got uh, Marky Ramone from the Ramones in it. And so all those are kind of silly. And then, of course, Alien Danger, also a kid's movie, my first kid's movie, one and two, both silly. Oh, so, so. so that's going to be like, what, like PG-13 or PG movie? I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to submit it to the MPAA, and we're looking for PG rating. Oh. That's the goal, so... It's a wholesome family film because you know what I, I I've met so many lovely people over the years at conventions yeah. that have begged me to make a movie that they could watch with their kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So no, is- I can see that totally working because I mean that's a lot of your personality. You know, you just take out. I mean, there's you just take out the nudity and stuff, and it, you know, yeah. that's that's all we really did. You know what I mean? It's the same mindset, the same wackiness. It's just for kids. Yeah. Who would have thought? No, but, uh, and I'm a kid at heart. So, uh, yeah, and I have a kid's heart in a jar. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Is that going to make the movie? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Kalima. <laughs> like this is not, this is not for my children. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Who did you think this was made by? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to all this stuff that's coming up. Thanks, man. Thanks for watching the new movie. Yeah, why, of don't, why don't you tell the lovely people how wonderful it is and go watch it. Yes, we've been talking about it. It's uh, It Wants Blood. It's a lot of fun. A lot of cool people in it. Uh, it looks very good. The monsters are great. Uh, and you get a variety of monsters. You get some really cool claymation scenes. There's a really good fight scene, honestly, between the two monsters. And then you also get some big giant monsters interacting with people. Yeah, check it out. It Wants Blood. And you get James Balsamo and Dropkicker in the butthole. That's true. You do get that. <laughs> if I ever would rate movies, I would use that as a rating. Drop kicker in the butthole. Yeah. I wouldn't explain even if it was good or bad. I just like. <laughs> in the butthole. Yeah, I, I got to see that. Drop kicker <laughs> in the butthole. That sounds good. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, this is. A, it's always fun to talk with you. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for we'll taking. We'll do this back. again in the future. Definitely. And I will see you. I know we're not seeing you now, but I'll see you in person at some point. Okay, that sounds good. All right. It's a threat. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good day. Good night. Whatever. Sure, well. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye. Oh, Sherry Davis says hello. Hello, Sherry oh, Davis. Oh, Sherry Davis is also in the movie, and she is wonderful in the film. She's also in Alien Danger 1 and 2. Very cool. I hope to be. I, I don't have to be a gnome, but in the future here, hopefully I'll, I'll be in another Balsamo film. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Now we'll let you go. Okay. Bye. Bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. we should have listened. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming-